this week's Financial Mail, we read that Africa's largest sugar company, that's Tongash Hewlett, has hit the skids. This after revelations that it had added 12 billion rands worth of artificial sweetener to its accounts back in 2019. Now, while the group is in the midst of a business rescue process, Gavin Hudson has resigned as CEO and won't be around to see the group emerge from the process, should it emerge. With over 500,000 people dependent on its survival and sugar producers being under siege globally. Financial Mail's editor Rob Rawlings joins me now to have the debate on whether Tonga Hewlett can be saved. Rob, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Great to be here. That's a great written article, uh, Rob, uh, that I said, I said to you um, off air. But let's just talk about... I not use the word right size enough. I mean, <laughs> slashing. Slashing. <laughs> also, I mean, the you're cutting, but you use the word right size, like <laughs> in your view, it's right. Well, it's, it's, um, it's one of those uh, stories that Another corporate scandal coming out of South Africa, um, Rob. It is starting to look like we're not getting it as right as we should. If you look at the Tongard story, story the, the auditors got it wrong, management got it wrong. Um, let's just talk about that. That's emerging culture, these stories that keep coming up of, you know, the controls just not being enough. I mean, Tongard used to be owned by Anglo-American. <laughs> <laughs> you, you talked about Anglo-American, and then two years after... Anglo decided to get out of Tongart, that's when the trouble began, according to the charge sheets. So essentially they started cooking the books for a while, and, and I think that it does indicate that um, you know, perhaps our, our level of corporate governance and our level of oversight isn't as great on boards, isn't as great from our auditors as, as we thought. I mean, this particular scandal is second only to Steinoff in terms of scale, um, but at least in this particular case we've seen various people arrested and go to court. Um, which we haven't seen in the Steinoff case. So let's talk about, you know, the, the, the circumstances that might have led to this. The sugar industry has really been battling. In fact, in the article, you speak about Ben Chairperson back at CBC saying, look, the sector's really battling. Let's talk about the circumstances surrounding, um, you know, this fraud that happened at the company. Mm. Well, I mean, they kept the previous CEO, Peter Stardy, who was arrested on the fraud charges. He had expected the sugar price to go up, so he kept um, delaying things and kept spending ahead of what he expected to be a big, a big turnaround at some point when the sugar price would rise. But instead you had a global situation where you had sugar imports flooding into South Africa from places like Brazil, essentially dumping the excess sugar mm. um, at less than it cost them to produce. So you had a, a huge strain on sugar prices globally and the good days just never arrived. Now it seemed that what happened at Tongat is that people would take shortcuts. They would try and sell off land parcels and when the land deals were delayed because of various issues, they would do things like backdate the land deals, um, they, would, they would overvalue the sugarcane crops, they would fiddle the expenses. There were various things that happened at Tongart, which made it very difficult, which essentially presented a flawed perspective to the investors and the bankers of the company. And this, this all came out in 2019, 2018, um, and it led to this massive crash in Tongart that, that is where it is, you know, why it's where it is today. And part of that is that they have the 6.7 billion rand debt effectively, um, and they can't, they can't get rid of it. Yeah, and speaking of that 6.7 um, billion rand debt, Gavin Hudson actually slashed that in half. Um, you know, he comes in and he is supposed to be this person who saves the business, but actually he's been handed a company um, that, that possibly can't be saved. Let's talk about his, um, his entrance, but now recently his exit, mm. um, Rob. Is it possible that he was just tired? Well, you know, he came in afterwards, uh, you know, after Peter Stardy left and he was going to help the company survive. But when he gets in there, he discovers it's much worse than he expected. I interviewed him a couple of weeks after he arrived and he said, this is just, this is next level worse. I just, you know, the, the level of stuff that hadn't been told to him about what was happening was, was outrageous. And then you discover 
effectively that you had a 12 billion rand um, fraud in the company. And that is, uh, that's not what any CEO wants to have. Then you have a company like Tongat operating in KZN. You have riots which happened in July 2021, which wipes off 158, I think it was um, 158 million knock to, to the sugarcane. You know, sugarcane fields get burnt. They can't process the sugar. Then you have the floods. Then you have COVID. You had a series of, you know, in the midst of a turnaround, if you just had to be stable and turn around the company, you might be able to do it. If you have all these other volleys coming at you from every direction, it's, it's you know, that much more difficult to do it. Rob, you've been writing a while. What is it called when a company has this much bad luck? Oh, jeez, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so let's talk it about... It like South Africa. We're in a, you know, had a lot of bad luck. Okay, that's actually very true. Oh, well, that's context. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about saving Tongart. Is it possible? Um, you know, there's, our, there's a business rescue process going on there, but also a lot of um, goodwill has been lost, you know, uh, but people depend on this company. The value chain depends on this company. So saving it should be something that mm. we're possibly all trying to do. Yeah, I mean, 500,000 people depend on this. It, it, it accounts for a vast tract of employment in northern KZN. Um, and it's a company that's 131 years old. Mm. Um, it's, it was one of the aristocrats of the JSE. It's been there for a ages. You would expect that it could be saved. Um, but critically, I think there are two factors. Get rid, of, get rid of the debts. And for that, you need a, a new equity investor. And apparently, according to people I speak to, there are overseas sugar companies that are looking at this. So that's, that's a good part, you know, a good, a good element to that. Um, and, and the second part, essentially, is that you have to deal with the long legacy of where it is and get it, get it relisted again and, and sort that out. So you had a lot, of, a lot of things that need to come together for this to be, to be solved. You have, finally, you have some intervention on the sugar prices. Mm. You have our government putting in place tariffs to stop, to stop the level of overseas dumping of sugar. And I think that could help the local sugar, sugar industry beyond just Tongas. So if that happens, that's another story. So let's talk about the possibility of equity partners coming in. It sounds like there's a reluctance to break the business apart, right? And that there has been interest on other parts of the business, but not all of it. And this has really, um, you know, forced the rescue practitioners to, to shoo people off. Is this the case, Rob? And is it such a bad thing if we do tear the business apart um, and sell it in pieces? Because that could be the only way to save it. It could be. I, I think that at the moment, the Mozambican operation is very good. And so is the Zimbabwean operation. So if they, can, if they can keep it, I think they'd want to do it. Um, the land, there's a lot of land there in that company, a lot of really valuable land, sort of, you know, for ages, Tongart owned Mshlanga and, you know, north around that area. Um, and that's very valuable. So you don't want to sell off your crown jewels. You want to do it in a, in a way where you get maximum value for this. And I know Gavin Hudson spent ages trying to come up with a plan to somehow retain some ownership of the land, um, through some mechanism that allowed you to sell off p parts of it but still get an equity upside. Mm -hmm. um, so there are, there are things that can be done. I think that if they can find a way to keep the jewels in the crown, um, they would like to do it, but it does depend on who comes to the party and, and what's actually happening in the back room of the business rescue process. And that is something we haven't had much insight into so far. Now we are nearly out of time, but I'm keen to find out, uh, we speak about the IDC in the article, but let's speak about other um, you know, parts of the, the government. Have they come in because of you know, the number of jobs at stake here? Um, have they come in to intervene? Uh, do we know of anything of, of that sort happening? Well, I mean, the IDC is essentially the, it's a state-owned mm. SOE. It's essentially, it's got the money. So I think this is a good, this is good for Tongards, and I think it is the way in which government would intervene. You have had interest from policymakers and, and government leaders who have been talking to the company about, you know, averting this potential disaster, and they would, they would definitely want that to happen, obviously. 
politically, economically, there's so many reasons why you know we can't let Tongod fail. Um, but the avenue, avenues to do that would probably be through agencies like the IDC, potentially the Land Bank, if the Land Bank wasn't in its own, you know, oh dealing with its own travails. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> development Bank, I mean, there are agencies that could do that because the mainstream banks are very reluctant to plumb more money into Tongot. All right, well, we'll be watching this one. Um, Robin, like I said, it's a greatly written article, so um, I do urge people to grab that. And that was Rob Rose, editor of Financial Mail.